All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hoopatheticals. Uh, as always, we want to thank our fans for their ongoing support, but we do want to emphasize that it's getting wild. Both Tom and I have had to obviously hire security, and in a mm. sort of more important thing, Tom's even had to move internationally, which, you know, uh, I think, Tom, do you, do you want to just tell us about what's happened there? Yeah, essentially what's happened, mate, is I've been driven overseas just by a flood of support um but it's just gotten to the stage where i've had to relocate um so i'm now coming to you from about a dozen time zones away um (laughs) and uh it's really the only way i can see forward um especially with the popularity this podcast is garnering um i can't see us ever going back to uh our humble, modest beginnings, you know, those years ago. But uh, look, we're here. We make it work. The show must go on. Um, there's a lot of news in the NBA that must be discussed. Um, uh, this is really just short of an emergency podcast, to be honest with you. Um, so um, let's dive in. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Tommy, before we get into everything, how have you been? You have actually moved to England. Um, we'll give people the broad, you know, or the UK, I should say, uh, just done, a more broad. Done now. <laughs> <Done> now. <laughs> <laughs> how, how has uh, England been? It's been fantastic, mate. Look, the hardest thing so far has been trying to catch up on games. Um, I'm probably in like the worst time zone to consume NBA content because every game starts at about 1am in the morning. So unless they're unless they're playing at like midday on the on the like east coast, mm-hmm. every game's at like one a.m. So um, basically, that means that any morning, like next day after a game, I just have to like airplane mode my phone unless I wish to ruin um, like the the scores, which I must add has just happened time and time again. And <laughs> I can't even check YouTube. I can't like check my group chats. I can't check, like, I, I seriously can't do a thing. Um, but, you know, it's fine. You just, you got to make it work somehow. But, um, no, it's been good, mate. It's It's been uh, it's been a good move. Other than that, it's like up the road. Love it. Well, it's, uh, it's good to have you on. And it's uh, exciting to talk about. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, I thought today, let's start with our most newsworthy story, which is something that I just woke up to. And I think it's just worth just touching on. Before we get into all these other great topics that I'm sure people are seeing in the headline of this podcast. Uh, But let's first start off with Trey Young. There was a report released today that said all his teammates basically hate him and he's a terrible leader (laughs) and the Hawks, the Hawks kind of hate him. Now, if if I had to put, if I had to put how predictable this was on a scale of one to 10, like with 10 being completely out of nowhere and one being, I I could see this coming (laughs) since last year. This was a zero. Um, so. You know how they say in in the journalism business, some stories just write themselves. Um, I can't help but feel that this story has been writing itself really this whole season, if not before. And I might add that just the clear, like I don't know if this is how you took it, but as far as I'm concerned, when it said like some players, if not all players, had him, all I could think of was like John Collins. Like he was just the guy who stood out to me as like just so filthy at his production, at his like use, you know, the way they use him in the offense, um, even like defensively and stuff, like the burden he's he 
like unsuccessfully carries. Um, yeah, I I don't know. My my quick quick takes. I don't want to take up your um your time on this. I reckon that it's like the winds of change are blowing, and you know, bringing in a new coach. Um, everyone's like, oh, yep, gonna switch things up. I might add, uh, Nate was only there for like two seasons. Yeah, like half. Like it's not long. Anyway, so they're like, new <laughs> coach. You know, um, the, you know, Dejounte Murray's only been there for like a season, whatever it is. So yeah, un- again, a zero out of ten <laughs> in surprising land. Um, I could definitely see them go full rebuild mode and just offload Trey. <laughs> Um, or or even just like switch him out for another star, you know. Yeah. What I mean? But hey, what do you think? Well, I mean, like obviously, if it he, if I had to write a headline for this piece, it would be something along the lines of like too much, too young, too fast, something along those lines, you know. Like, <laughs> um, but I was thinking, it's like what's I mean, how predictable was it? I mean, what is unpredictable about someone being the most hated person on a team when they just bomb thirty footers and miss them and your team's like down by three with two minutes to go and it's just out absolutely shanking three pointers and no one else is touching the ball. How is that a hateable behavior? I don't understand. <laughs> He's like um yeah I just some of his decisions even when he hits the shot you think Oh, uh, probably still didn't need to take that shot. He's like Ja Morant, but worse. And because like, I feel like the, the problem with Ja Morant is a, a lot of people, like he's too showy. Mm-hmm. It's all about him, all this kind of thing. But at least he still gets his team involved. Mm. And like, he has a likable quality. He's also not crap. Whereas Trey, like he's great. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, every, it's it's almost predictable. Every single time they're down by like two down by one, down by three, or even like down by any amount. And it's mm. under two minutes. He just decides now's the time to pull from 30 feet. <laughs> and, uh, hit like an all-star, uh, like an all-star weekend half, like <laughs> half court shot. Like what? He's also, I think he's slowly or rapidly, I should say, approaching that Westbrook kind of status where it's like, what team is actually going to want to trade for him? Cause he's on a big contract He's kind of seems like terrible to play with, and he doesn't guard anyone either. So it's like you're re- he's like really there for offense, and his offense is so frustrating. I just like if I like who's looking at him going, I think Mate, there's, there's our future. I, just to put him on blast one final time. I mean, this is a low a low blow, but what's happening with that man's hair? I mean, get the man to a barber. I mean, he looks like he's both got the head of a baby and he's balding and i'm just so confused as to what is going on right now (laughs) (laughs) well look it's look we've uh we've put him on blast that's that's all we're going to say about that but but the questions do remain what's going to happen with the hawks it doesn't look i i have no idea what's going to happen with trey if i'm being honest i can't predict anything all i do know is that whichever team he's going to they're going to have like, I feel like they're going to have four good weeks. He's going to hit a couple game winners and then it's going to be straight back <laughs> into this scenario again. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I think you're right. I think he's got, he's got a case of the Russes coming his way. I mm. think he's still got a few of them because he's young, um, but he's definitely got a case of the Russes. Um, mm. And yeah. So all the best. Well, okay, I think this this leads into one thing that I kind of want to talk about. It has to do with the All-Star game as well. And it's what I'm going to call, title this section is 
why Kyrie Irving's jersey sells better than Nikola Jokic's, okay? And this is related to Trey Young, okay? Because Trey Young also pretty popular, NBA person on social media. Uh, maybe not for people that watch the game every day, but for people that like highlights, he's kind of that type of person. And I think that, you know, Jokic, it seems like he's heading towards his third MVP. Might be Giannis, you know, might be Embiid. Um, but uh, it seems like, you know, Jokic is someone that people that watch NBA every day, they're like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. How come no one's talking about him? How come is, you know, no one's buying his Jersey? What's going on? Like, are people not watching him? What's happening? And I think it's because the more I'm listening to different people talk about the NBA and the more I talk to other people about the NBA, I'm starting to realize that there's like two distinct ways that you can watch the NBA, two very different ways. And they're both very popular ways to look at it. One is, people that watch it every day and are impressed with uh, teamwork and impressed by teams that don't lose and teams, you know, that have great defense together teams that uh, yeah. pick, pick opponents apart, pick, you know, teams that, you know, seem impossible to beat. And, you know, like when the Celtics were rolling at the end of last season, people were obsessed with it because it was like, you know, this team is just a juggernaut smashing through people. No one can stop them. The bucks are kind of yeah. on that tear right now. Uh, so that's yeah. one one way to watch it. And I think that if you watch it like that, Jokic is like the one of the best players in the NBA, no question. But then, absolutely. absolutely. There's people on the other end of the spectrum that I think watch the NBA slightly differently. And I think that it's, I think there's people that watch full games and then there's people that just watch highlights. Yeah. And they do make, and, and, you know, like nothing against just watching highlights, but I think some people watch highlights just to, watch people like break someone's ankle and they're like, wow, James Harden's the best player in the NBA because every time he's dribbling, people are falling down. He's hitting step backs in their face. And when you watch him in a real game, you're like, okay, yeah, he's, he's good. You know, and he does have an occasional highlight or, you know, maybe you're watching um, Kyrie Irving, you know, dribble moves round the back floater over, you know, uh, like Embiid and you go, wow, he's the best. What, What a great player. But I think what that explains then is I think a lot of people watch the highlights. And so I think that that's why Kyrie's jersey is actually more popular than Jokic's, even though Jokic is basically in every way except for dribbling a better player. Yeah, dude. And it's crazy. Like, if you just think about it, this is case in point to your argument. When was the last time anyone watched uh, a highlights package of a Jokic 40-point triple-double that was his point scoring. Yeah. Like the only ever highlights I see of Jokic are like crazy dimes, like mm-hmm. crazy assists where he just like passes it out like behind him and it just is straight into the hands of like Porter Jr. who sinks the three. You know what I mean? Like mm. he, that's only because he is all fundamentals. He is all boards and like he'll drop 40 points and it's like the quietest like it's all hook shots and floaters, you know. Yeah, he kind of plays like um, like the fifty-year-old guy with a pop belly at the uh, pickup game, you know, like walking yeah. around all the time, just like no look passing hook shots, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it like it's incredible, and I love it. But yeah, it's um, it's just not what the people like like the highlights are asking for. Mm. And I'm wondering, just to take this back to Trey Young. Is Trey Young someone who just watches NBA highlights and he's like kind of he's kind of doing an NBA 2K my career where he's like, let me just see if I can get like some serious highlights going. 
Yeah, I, I think I, I think he is, mate. And I think he has to have like a serious change of like just tune. And look, maybe a change of team would actually be uh would be beneficial for him and might actually do some good for him. Mm. I can also see him if he changes teams becoming a really good NBA villain. Like um like you know, like him going against the Hawks and like really just taking every shot. Uh, people are like I kind of hate this guy. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I'd love that. <laughs> well, sticking with uh, Jokic and stuff, uh, I wanted to talk about the NBA All Star Game as well. And before okay. we get in, before we get into the Bucks and stuff, I just wanted to just talk about this. So, uh, as people may have seen, the NBA All Star Game was the lowest rated uh, ever, and that doesn't yep. surprise me. I have another theory about this why like it sort of sucks and stuff, but uh, I think. One reason is that the NBA doesn't really know how to market itself right now because LeBron is aging and they've put a lot of eggs yeah. in the basket. Still, they're still going for this, which is that the Lakers are going to make the playoffs and, you know, are they going to be a contender? You know, all they need is to make the 10th seed and then they're going to make the play play in oh. playoffs championship. <laughs> and, um, oh. and, and, like, which is, I just think it's like, okay, if, 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 if this was any other team that was in this position, they'd be like, Look, I don't even think they're going to make the play in, but just because people, you know, have the respect for LeBron and that's kind of where the key marketing is, it's them. Yeah. It's the Warriors a little bit. And it's, and then it's kind of like they're not sure where the marketing is, but I wanted to pitch something to NBA teams. This would be like my little first take talking head section, which would be I think we're in the best era of big men since like Wilt, Kareem, and Bill Russell. Uh, because right. the three MVP favorites right now are Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. Yeah. And I think that this is a good way to bring a lot of old people back in because all of them are kind of post players, you know, like all of them mm. kind of like smash people up inside. Um, you know, Jokic really is an old type player. Uh, and there's something for a bit of every, there's something for everyone because if you like sort of uh, skill with the game and, you know, advanced court reading, then you've got Jokic. If you like someone who's just going to absolutely dominate you like Shaq, then there's Embiid. And if you want someone who's got ho- like high-flying dunks, incredible blocks, athleticism, yeah. then you've got Giannis. So there's a lot of, for me, there's a lot of ways to kind of pitch that as we're entering this new era of the NBA where big men are kind of dominating again. And if that's the kind of NBA you like, you know, with guards like Ja Morant and stuff going against them, I would just be pitching that constantly. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree, mate. The other thing as well is they're de- like with maybe the possible exception of Jokic, they're defensively minded. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're linchpins for the defense. They are playing team basketball. I might also add, interestingly, those three big guys, they're all international players. Mm. And I think the NBA has like slowly been catching on to the fact that this game is like really becoming more and more international. Like even just with like all the talent that's coming out of Europe, your Lucas, your Victor Wembanyama's, like obviously Jokic, Giannis, mm. you know what I mean, them as well. But like, yeah, I think the NBA needs to pivot and not, um, not keep doing the like Kyrie, James Harden, like highlight package, step back, oh broke his ankles sort of vibe. Because I, <laughs> I think that people like, I actually think we're coming. This is, this is what I think. I reckon we're coming to a bit of a turning point, a, like a, a crucial point where there's going to be like a 200-point game or something stupid mm. and people are going to be just like bored of it. Like there was the other day that Kings game. It was like the Kings Clippers, like second mm. highest scoring game ever. And people are like, 
yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, Palo Benchero is like averaging, for like got like three games, 20 or like averaging 20 or something this season. Like first player in the Magic to do it since Shaq. And everyone's like, yeah, who cares? <laughs> like it's easier to any now than back then. Do you know what I mean? So like there needs to be this pivot, I think, by like the NBA. And I think you're spot on. Like big man is is where that can happen. Mm-hmm. And um and I also uh, yeah I think that that's a thing and I also think they kind of need to change how fouls are done. There's a couple things that need to change. Obviously, one of the big ones that people are talking about is the uh, load management aspect of it, and should they just have less games in a yeah. season? Which you know seems like an obvious fix because a, a lot of people are just annoyed that you know if I'm going to tune into like a Bucks Celtics game, Giannis and Tatum might both be out, and now I'm just watching you know like. Yeah. For as good as they are, I'm just watching Chris Middleton versus Jalen Brownie. Like that's not really why I tuned in, and so people are just annoyed <laughs> that um, that you know, like whenever they tune in, they have no idea who's going to play. You know, which is I agree is kind of annoying. Um, but yeah, I, I I just think that another thing is like I think the load management is also kind of a problem with the All Star Game uh, yeah. because I think people you know they obviously when you have the All Star break, that's eight days off if you're if you're an NBA player, a lot of them don't want to play the game and take it seriously because why would they want to get injured? You know, obviously playing the all-star game. Uh, and I just think that it's like, that also lends itself to load management where it's like, I may like, if, if I just follow the Lakers and they play the Bucks, I might not even see Giannis play. And so I've got no idea yeah. really who he is as a player other than like the occasional highlights. So um, I think that load management's also kind of eating into the all-star game. Yeah, I think it's just this, like, being so afraid to get injured. Mm. And, and like, it makes players like Mikael Bridges, who has, like, not missed 327 games or something stupid. Like, everyone's talking about how, like, he's the outlier. Wow, how incredible is this? And it's like, I feel like that should be the, like, you should be able to play if you can, if you're healthy. Like, you know what I mean? That should be the norm. And, yeah, yeah you're spot on. Like, low management really just, it's so tough because you get it like the schedule's crazy. So part of me thinks like, should they just play less games? Mm. Should you take the season down to like maybe 60 games mm. or 82, even maybe 50? Like instead of, if you think of like a lot of sports, like they don't play, what's the average? Like three to four games a week, something mm. like that. Um, Like no other sport in my mind does that. Like I think if they changed it to like, you play one game a week, maybe two. I uh, like. I think that maybe there would be more appetite for like a all star game. They also need to change the format of that. I like just as a quick fire idea. I saw something the other day. Like change it to like a three on three or like a one on one. Mm. You know what I mean? Like and have different. Maybe even like king of the court or like a um like a round robin or something like that. I mean anything really that shows if they want those flashy highlights and they want like that kind of matchups. I mean, that's a that's a quick way to do it that, like, is still exciting, it's fast. But I don't know. I would love to see, like, like a Giannis-Jokic matchup. You know what I mean? Just, mm. like, going one, like straight at one another. Like, it's, <laughs> it'd just be ridiculous, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, um, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the next thing, which is uh, I think we've got to talk about – you said pre-pod that you've got a hot take about Russ, and I just – I feel like I, I've waited too long now. I need to hear it. So – um obviously he got traded and if you've got any thoughts on that but give us your hot take look my hot take mate i actually think that this is the best chance the clippers have got at a championship 
like maybe ever. And I think that Russ might be it. Um, it's I know it's scorching. It's a scorching <laughs> take. Um, essentially what I think is that he could be, he could be, because they've been short on guard. Like guards is what they've needed. They've got great wing, uh, wing players, obviously, and um, they're two stars. They've also got great centers and I've uh, great shooters, you know, they're deep, whatever. But I feel like guards is what's been letting them down. And Russ, if he feels like he doesn't need to drop 20 every night, like if he's like, you know what, I can actually just go out and get eight points, but get like 15 assists, he'll still feel like, like I think that'll be him in his best role. And I can actually see them going for a deep run um, because then like PG and Kawhi won't feel like they have to create so much, they'll be like, oh, no, Russ, like, like we'll run it through him. And I think that, like, the usage will sort of even out a bit more. Um, I think this is his best. So basically my take is that I think this is his best trade. Like, since he left OKC, I think this is his best opportunity to do well. And I actually think that this is probably his first and really only chance at genuinely getting a ring. I don't think any of his previous teams were anywhere near, like, genuinely competitive and i think this is he's got to get it within either like this season or next season i think i think that's his best chance and i think that it actually could genuinely happen all right all right that is an absolutely scorching take tom love it um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go back against it a little bit here um sure. and uh all right so first of all uh i feel like i agree with the in principle what you're talking about you know, he is someone that can rack up a triple double. He can go out there and get, give you a bunch of assists and kind of be, uh, you know, he can he can be a more traditional point guard than what they've had because they've just had, you know, like Reggie Jackson types which are out there to get buckets, you know, uh, which yeah. <laughs> doesn't help the team. I think the problem with the Clippers is kind of, uh, I don't know if you've watched any of the games. Like, I don't know if you saw the Bucks game or anything. But yeah, yeah. yeah, what happens at the end of games with the Clippers? It seems like every game, because I watched the one where they, that huge scoring one against the Kings as well, is yeah. at the end of games, they just go straight to Kawhi or PG ISO. Like, it, like it's the most yeah. predictable play. That, like, that's basically all they do is they just go like, it's your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, which in the playoffs, I think is going to be a lot easier to deal with because I think both of them are like, we're going to be the ones that seal this. So I think it's going to be easier in the yeah. playoffs to deal with that. And then secondly, in the playoffs, I also like, I don't know. I was watching the, um, what was I, I think I was watching the Clippers Bucks game. And at the end of the first quarter, I looked at the stats and Westbrook had like two, two and two. And I was like, okay, that's nice. And then he, I think he had like three or four turnovers in the first quarter. And I was like, this that's is, tough. this is kind of what I think of when I think of Russ and I think this is going to take us straight into our uh, another thing I wanted to talk about, which is NBA players and teams with high ceilings and low basements. You said penthouse to doghouse, which I like. So we're going to call these people the elevator players because um, <laughs> they go up and down the building. Uh, and I think Russ is a great example because at his best, he like at his penthouse mode, you're, he's exactly what you're talking about. Ideal point guard for them. He's fast. He can create stuff off the of pick and roll. He's going to be finding people. Yeah. Uh, but what I think is going to happen in the playoffs is a, I think he's going to, there's going to be a moment where it's like a minute 40, they're up by two 
and he's just going to dribble down and blow a layup, and that's going to turn into a fast break for the other team. And they're going <laughs> to score a three, and he's going to be confused or he's going to make some weird pass that doesn't make it onto someone. And then secondly, if I'm another team and I'm playing the Clippers, I am just going to guard everyone else and let Westbrook try and make open jump shots or even let him make layups because I've seen some disaster layups from him wide oh, open this year. It's tough, mate. There's some low lights out there. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he's definitely one of my top elevator players where he, he like at his best, he's exactly what you're talking about. Pass first, aggressive point guard. They can even get you a couple of rebounds. At his worst, he's taken the worst shots at the worst time and he's making terrible passes and he's making turnovers that are just disastrous. Uh, so anyway, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, I, I, I do, uh, you know, there's no denying it. Um, and I'd be a fool to try, but, um, here we go. No, look, I mean, I did see in his game, uh, yes, yeah, the day before, I don't know if it was the one with the box, but I mean, if he had five steals. Okay. And so in my head, I'm like, I mean, go turnover versus steal. If he evens that out. And he's a, he's a flat, if he's just flat neutral, I'm okay with that. Um, I feel like he also brings energy. I feel like one of the, the problems with the Clippers is like, they just get so flat. Like you said, it's just like ISO and it's like, it almost seems like no one cares sometimes. Mm. They just get into this funk. And I feel like all of your criticisms, Russ, are accurate, but he brings like a certain energy and hype that I think that they need to kick him into gear. Um, so yeah, look, he, he does have a high ceiling. He has an incredibly low basement. Um, but I do stand by the fact, I think that this is his best chance to succeed in his role that he's placed in, especially starting. I don't actually think that he's best off the bench yet, like maybe in a year or two, but like, I think he's still worthy of a starting position. Um, but yeah, I think this is his best chance to like actually be good. Um, yeah. also, and this goes back to the NBA like highlights thing. Like, everyone loves a Russ low light, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, let's be honest, everyone loves to see Russ just brick a three in, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, or just like bust an, a wide open like layup. Like, it's it, there's something about him, he has this clown jester like quality. <laughs> Which is uh, like it's kind of like watching a, you know a car crash. Like I can't look away. <laughs> and and um, he, yeah, there's something about that which um, is un- undeniable. <laughs> there's a beauty in his in his disgrace in some ways. <laughs> um, well, also speaking of the Trey Young thing before and the Clippers, I do kind of feel like I wouldn't be surprised if we get a similar story coming out of the Clippers next year from like either Ty Lue or like someone like Norman Powell being like being on this team has been extremely difficult for my mental health because I feel like <laughs> if, if I'm someone like Norman Powell, you know, is a I think he's a great wing in the NBA. Like I, I think he's great on any team can hit shots. Great defender. Um, I think <laughs> thanks to the nostril shot there, mate. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Um, but I think he's like a great wing, but I can see him being really frustrated because it's like he's out here when PG and Kawhi, who like only occasionally play, when when uh when he's like when they're not playing, he's out here averaging twenty, 
hitting shots and being the hero yeah. of the team. And the second they come back, they're like, all right, mate, you're down to averaging eight and you're just a role player. <laughs> like, how is that not incredibly frustrating? Yeah, he just, like, all of his field goal attempts just go somewhere else, you yeah. know what I mean? And I think the thing is, like, he doesn't actually produce, like, he doesn't get many boards, he doesn't really assist. Mm. Like, he's great for just dropping 20, mm. but I think that he needs to diversify a little bit. <laughs> I know what you're saying, though, like, it is hard. He's, like, he's that player on a team where it's, like, as soon as we're back to full health, um, you lose, like, you're just expendable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um. And there's like always kind of that player on a team and some players can kind of, you know, they make it, ha- they, they're fine with it. They understand their role. They're good. I feel like Bobby Portis is one of those guys where if, if Giannis is out, he's starting and mm. he'll get like 12 field goal attempts, you know? Mm. Um, but the second Giannis is back sort of thing, uh, he's back to the bench and he's got maybe six, maybe seven, mm. you know? Um, but I, th- I feel like he doesn't have the ego that wrestles against that or is frustrated by that um, for a myriad of reasons, really. Um, but yeah, I, I do empathize with like those players who it's like, well, you're our savior. You've kept the ship alive whilst we're load managing like our stars. And and then, oh, sorry, mate, we're going to halve your minutes and your shots. And if you miss, <laughs> it's, this is the other thing as well. They go from like having 12 shots to seven and then go like two for seven and then get benched. And it's like, well, <laughs> All right, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man. Um. Well. All right. So, uh, Tommy, I just should we go into the bucks yet, or should I just? Oh, hold on. Can we? I want to. I want to do a quick aside to an agent Cody Banks segment. Okay. Um, <laughs> we need to cue the music. We need to have some music like for Agent Cody Banks because yep. I'm gonna throw a doozy at you. Okay. Um. Okay, we've got 10 minutes as well, so this is perfect. Okay. Hit me with it. This is quick. It's a okay. quick fire one. We'll just do one. Just one for you, and then we'll move on to box. All right. Plenty gonna, of time. Let me set up the timer here. Give me one second. All right, it's going to be 30 seconds like, on the clock. Okay, this is the same elevator dude. He's got a, he can have a high ceiling, mm-hmm. but goodness gracious, he's got a really low basement when he wants to. Jed, Agent Cody Bank, you are the agent for Dylan Brooks. Go. Oh, well, I mean, is someone annoying your star and do you want them to get beaten up? (laughs) Boy, do I have to play it for you. Is he a basketball player or is he in the UFC? Who knows? (laughs) Um, Look, look, here's the thing. The man is going to, he's going to give people that have no attitude. He is going to force them to uh, maybe get a tech and he might get the best player for the other team subbed out. Dylan Brooks, you are my babbling Brook. Give it to me. (laughs) <laughs> so that's why all right tommy i've got one for you as well so don't worry uh i don't okay. even know if this guy has a high ceiling anymore it's just got a okay. low basement and he's just out there getting minutes uh tom you've got to sell this player i want to give him a contract your player okay. that you're going to be agent cody bank for is deandre jordan oh my goodness um if you want a guy who has the most forgettable name in the nba who has every other dude's name, I've got the player for you. If you want a guy who's going to run around for 30 minutes and just rack up fouls, i got the man for you. He's not going to hit a shot. He's not going to get many boards. He'll try. But uh, look, the best thing you can do is throw him on a player. He'll get some, uh, he'll frustrate them. He'll frustrate you and he'll frustrate his team. But you know what? He may, he may get a steal. He may get a block. He may get some other things. He's probably just going to run. 
There you go. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to get him on the Jordan brand, bag. right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely a mixed bag. <laughs> he hasn't got a bag. He's got a mixed bag. Uh... Give him the bag for his mixed bag. Um, all right, Tommy, we've got seven yeah. minutes 40 left, and I think it's time, it's only right that we discuss the hottest team in the NBA, 15-game winning right. streak and counting. Uh, the wow. Milwaukee Bucks. Now, today, not only do I want to get your thoughts, but we're also going to look at the the current schedule and see win or win or loss. I want you to give me win or loss. All right. So all right, let's go. All right. So first of all, but first of all, let's just talk about the winning streak. Now, yeah. I've, here's some criticisms I've heard. It's like, oh, Chris Middleton's shooting's not back up. I'm going to be honest. Well, I don't care. The man. I don't is, care. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. The man's the one of the best point guards in the league. Low key. He's just out here uh, setting people up. He's making clutch shots. We've got Joe mate, Ingles now. Keep him on the bench. Yeah. I don't even care. He, <laughs> yeah. can, he can come off the bench for the rest of the year. Man, like, I don't care. He doesn't have that ego, bros. Like, yeah, and he's he, fine. And he's killing people off the bench. I understand why he's coming off the bench because it's like either Drew's coming out or Giannis is coming out and then Chris Middleton's coming in and he is just oh. teeing up all the people. Like, And everybody on our team can basically hit threes except for Giannis. He is setting yep. them all up. He's making clutch floaters. He's out here just and, – and then also our new uh, additions like Joe Ingles uh, and Jay Crowder have just been excellent. Yep. Yeah, and mate, as far as I'm concerned, he's just like carving up the second units on the other teams mm. um, because it's a wrap. Yeah, one of our stars comes out, another one comes in. I feel like we're just getting, like you were saying before, that rhythm of like someone comes out, different person comes in, and it's like, this is there's no reprieve, you know. Um, mm. There's not really any holes in that ship, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so yeah, and, and as he plays more, he's going to get in a better, better rhythm. He's going to understand like Joe and and Jay Crowder more, and um, yeah, even like Javon Carter, that kind of thing. Like that mm. dude has been so hot from behind the arc; it's not even funny anymore. Um, also, dude has a killer mid range game. Don't even get me started. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it's just let let's go to the 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 win or the loss, and I'll, I'll give you the hot tip, mate. It's just going to be a dub for all these, but we can do it anyway. <laughs> Before we get into the schedule, um, just tell me what do you think has been the biggest thing that has led to this fifteen game win streak that you've seen? I think it's just been like sticking to the process for the players. To be honest, like I actually don't think that Giannis has been on a crazy tear. He's kind of just doing the same stuff he's always been doing which is wild if you think about it. Mm. Um, it's not like we've had a really easy schedule. It's not like there hasn't been close games. Like, that's the other thing. There's been a lot of close games. Um, honestly, like, Drew's been playing good. He hasn't been playing crazy. Like, before the All-Star break, he was playing pretty good in fairness. Mm. Um, but, like, yeah, the wild thing is just, like, everyone is contributing. If you look at, like, the, the, score, um, like the scorecards at the end of every game, um, you know, Brook will drop 20. Bobby will drop 20 every now and then. Um, Javon will go for like, like I think he was three for three. Like he just had like mm. nine points off the bench. Like that is, that's ice. Like that's, what do you do about that? You know what I mean? Um, mm. You can't kind of run. Even like Grayson Allen, dude, like he takes a lot. He's a volume three shooter. So <laughs> you see him like this a lot. But um, I don't know, man. Dude like can actually take it to the hole a lot. And I respect him for that. He's got a decent dunk package, which I think is underrated. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I just feel like there's there's so many different 
parts that are all just working and it's not and the crazy thing for me the scariest thing about this 15 win streak is like i said before it's not like Giannis being dropping 40 every night and it's like oh wow you know he's on a tear it's like no nah, he's kind of just doing the same thing you know mm. Mm. and i think i see i'm thinking it's like the thing is i think the roster is so well built and this is a kind of i think this is a perfect bud team in in a lot of ways because he's kind of a team oriented guy and this is a really team oriented team like Everyone that's on this team is pretty much a veteran. Like the Bochamp's yeah. the only young player. So everyone kind yeah. of understands. And most players on this team have moved around a lot. So they can understand what filling a role is and um, being yeah. valuable in their role. And then I think because everyone's on that same page, like no one on the on the Bucks is like, I, I need to be the Trey Young. I need to be out here breaking people's ankles. I need to be out here the one hitting the final shot. Everyone's pretty open for like, you know, if it comes to it and Jay Crowder has to hit the game-winning shot, everyone's fine with that, you know? Like, yeah, if Giannis yeah, goes yeah. in. Like, we saw that even with that one where, that famous one where Giannis went in this season and there was five Raptors around him and he flicked it out to Grayson Allen, who slots a three yeah. for the win. They're happy with that. So, every, yeah. yeah, everyone gets to everyone gets to eat on the Bucks, which I think is good. But we've got two minutes left. So, Tommy, it's time to Oof. just ha- have a quick look here. At the schedule, and you tell me when this win streak's going to end, okay? So our next game, okay. And our next game is Orlando. Oh, stop it! It's a dub. <laughs> then the next one is Philly at Fiserv. Ah, uh, close dub, close yeah. dub. That's fine. All right, Washington. Uh stop it, dub. Yeah. <laughs> Orlando again. A dub. Move Brooklyn. on. <laughs> Actually, I I could see them. Yeah, I could see them having a go at it, but probably a dub. All right, then we go. So we go Brooklyn, Golden State, Sacramento, Phoenix. I think is going to be the. Uh... Yeah, that's no, no, no. See, I I think that it'll be Golden State. Uh, actually, oh, that's a really tough road mm. uh, trip because Sacramento are uh, so underrated somehow for being third <laughs> in the West. I don't even know how they're underrated still. Um, Golden State are like weapons at home, and Phoenix are also back in there, like they're out of their funk. So that'll actually be really tough for us. What What do mm. you think? I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be probably like the Sacramento game because I think that will probably yeah. like it might be one of these ones where we even rest our players for the Golden State one so that we have a better yeah. chance against those two. But I think it'll be around that Golden State Sacramento game. Um, because yeah. I think we will want to play Phoenix at full strength just to really see if we can stick it to them with KD. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. So, I agree. <laughs> nice. Well, dude, thanks so much for the hypotheticals today. Uh, once again, obviously, great stuff. And obviously, to everybody that's been harassing us online, you know, make more content, let us come, or like sign all my stuff, you know all that oh. stuff. We just have to say, just put a pause on it for the moment. One of us has had to move internationally. So let's just take it a bit easier. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Tom, thanks so much for jumping on the episode, dude. No worries, mate. It's been real as always. I look forward to the next one. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, take it easy, everybody. And uh, until next time, just Finn, Finn correct? <laughs> 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 <laughs>